Tonight at the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the money in the bank that happened last night. That with other news that has happened throughout the weekend. Uh, money in the bank was not a disappointment for for me, actually. I, I thought that the, the show was pretty good. I will talk about that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. for um, coming in to another edition of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. I am your host, The Ultimate One. I'm coming to you live from New York City. Um, today um, marks a, 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 a day of me hitting my 50th birthday. Yes, my 50th birthday. Today is my birthday. Um, but, you know, uh, fortunately, we can celebrate like the way I want to because there's, you know, all this... Uh, CV going on, and you know, um, so really, really can't do nothing but just be, um, you know, creative and do stuff at home. But we're not here to talk about me, we're talk- here to talk about the money in the bank. Um, I did not see the pre show, I did not get to see the pre show. I keep forgetting that they have these pre shows. Uh, but, uh, I know there was, uh, I think, Jeff Hardy against somebody, I don't know who it was, I forgot, and I don't care right now. But the money in the bank started off with the new day. Versus Lucha House Party versus Miss and Morrison versus Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons, um, they look great. They look good as a tag team, but one team in this match that really, really surprised me was uh, Dorado and uh, Metallic. Those two guys gel very well as a tag team. They show what they could do. If only if the WWE will showcase their tag team division like they're supposed to. These guys could be somewhere number one or number two ranked team in the SmackDown division for the tag team belts. Um, this match was pretty good. Um, again, Miz and Morrison was there. I don't know why. These guys, um, they were there just, I mean, the only thing out of that, what Miz and Morrison did that I remember was Morrison doing a Spanish fly with um, Dorado onto the rest of the tag team outside. Um, but there was one particular thing that kind of pissed me off that I don't like about WWE is you're having a four-way match. And in this four-way match, there's no disqualification. So if there's no disqualification, why in the world did the referee threw one of the Forgotten Sons that was outside? I don't, I don't know why he goes by now, but he used to be in TNA. He used to be known as Gunner. So I'm going to call him Gunner. Um, you go and kick out Gunner out of the the uh, the performance center because he was getting involved in the match. A four-way match, there's no disqualification. So what does it matter if he's interfering my side or not? Is that disqualification? So all of that I know, there was, there was, uh, there was the negative part that I saw was too many bodges uh, and this match, and uh, it was, and they were not crisp. None of the guys were crisp. I think the only team there they were showing they skilled and were show, and I think they overshadowed everybody in the tag this tag team match was El Dorado and Metalik. The rest of the guys they kept either missing or, or glancing each other. At one point, um, 
I believe, um, if I'm correct, one of the Forgotten Sons threw Miz over the rope, and, and you can actually see uh, Miz throwing himself over the rope. Like, he literally threw himself over the rope. Like, there was no momentum. There was no... He just threw himself over the rope. And I'm like, this match, showing botches, even the New Day were doing little botches here and there. Even though at this match, uh, New Day won the match. They did their, their finishing move, and they beat the... Then they pinned one of the uh, Ucha House Party guys. But at this match, it shows that uh, there was a lot of botches. There was a lot of botches. Uh, many people may not... Say, oh, which is about watch the damn match again. You're gonna see that they were not crisp at all. A lot of the match, the match was not crisp at all. So, um, the positive, like I said, was Dorado mentally show a good tag team chemistry that WWE doesn't really have. That these are the guys in from Lucha House Party that don't get no recognition. They end there to get squashed by somebody. Um, but the negative of it was too many bodges uh, in the match. I mean, it's not big bodges that you see, but you can see me. I'm one. I sit there. I watch, and I'm like, okay, he did something wrong there. He did something wrong. He should have not done that. This and this and that. Yes, I'm not a professional wrestler, but when you see tag team matches, you could tell, you know, as much as long as I've been watching it for over 45 years, okay, I've seen what happens. I've seen how the crisp, the, the movements, the chemistry, these guys were not in it that. Lucha House Party impressed me last night, and I think they should be pushed more than they, well, they are being pushed um, eventually. Um, we'll be right back after this. And we're back. Um, this match was supposed to be MVP versus R-Truth. Um, here's a, I mean, me and my, my friend were watching this, and I see R-Truth rapping, and he's acting like there's fans around. And at one point, me and my friends just started dying laughing when R-True said to an enter arena, what's up, when he finished. And nobody said nothing. And even, I think Corey Graves said, there's nobody in the, in the arena. Um, I, first thing in my mind was, why is R-True coming out? For what? Why is he even in this pay-per-view? Then next thing you know, I hear MVP music's coming out, and I say to myself, MVP, why is he doing in this match? And why is he fighting our truth? And the beginning of that whole scenario started off with, again, a gimmick, joke gimmick. I mean, typical WWE garbage. And next thing you know, Bobby Lashley comes out. So I'm saying to myself, who is our truth fighting? Is he fighting MVP or he's fighting uh, Bobby Lashley? As it turned out, Bobby Lashley was the one who ended up wrestling against R-Truth, this was like a squash match because R-Truth didn't really do anything in this match. Bobby Lashley won this match. The positive of this was not seeing old-ass MVP in the ring. First of all, why is MVP even in this match? I, I don't get it. The, again, the negative out of this was why was R-Truth asking the WWE Universe what's up on an empty ring? Well, this was a worthless match. This should have never been in this show at all. So the next match was Bailey versus Tamina. This match was pretty good. I, I wanted more, to be honest. And it's funny because I usually don't watch the women's division because I think the women's division is garbage. But when Bailey's in there against Tamina, Tamina don't get a lot of credit. Tamina can wrestle. She just don't. She's not getting pushed like she's supposed to. I always said to myself, why is Tamina never getting pushed? This girl is big and she can wrestle and do what she has to do. Um, 
you know, the positive of this match was that Tamina showed a good showing. She did very well, you know, and I felt that, you know, she gave Bailey a run for her money. Bailey, of course, you know, she's smart. She's gotten better and better every time I see her as a heel. She's way better as a heel. Um, and she's doing much better before she was walking around with with huggy buddies and stuff like that. Um, so this was a this was good. Tamita, but the negative part about it is it made Tamina look foolish when she allowed to get the pin in a crucifix because Sasha Banks decided to go in the ring and pretty much um uh, interfere and some way, somehow, Tamina got pinned in a crucifix. I didn't understand that. And made Tamina look like she doesn't know what she's doing in the ring. She's an idiot. And you could have done much better than that. Don't get me wrong. Again, Tamina gave a good show. She goes she goes to show she could, she could wrestle. Throughout the match, Bailey was working on Tamina's leg. I mean, she, she started off by wrapping um, Tamina's leg, uh, pounding it against the pole, and she started working on it. And it, it was pretty good. It looked like Tamina gave a good match. But the way that match ended, it looked stupid. It made Tamina look very weak. Getting pinned by a crucifix when you're trying to pin your opponent didn't make no sense. Didn't make no sense at all. Um, the next match was Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman. This was a pretty good match. I, I, to be honest, there was um, this was a good match. It was a pretty good match. I mean, it, it told a story of two people who were once very close friends, a part of a of a faction. With now two of them are not there no more, which is Luke Harper and uh, Eric Rowan. But it's told a story of how they were together in a, in a wire family, and he was a black sheep. And now he's coming to to get his belt back, and you know he's gonna teach him a lesson for about sharing. And the match was pretty good. The match was pretty good. Let me tell you, it was not that bad at all. Here's my negative part: Why the fiend didn't come out? And why did you have puppets around the ring? Which didn't make no sense to me, you know? I felt that that kind of killed the whole match. Um, I think they should have brought the Fiend and actually get in that mode where, you know, either either once, uh, I think Braun Strowman threw him out the ring or something, he went to get his mask. When he came out with the mask on, and it looked like uh, he was coming back to Bray Wyatt. He could have, the lights could have gone out, and next thing you know, the fiend pops out. And then we would have had a, something to that effect where now the fiend versus the black sheep, and you would have took it to somewhere. But the fact that Braun Strowman won this match shows me that there's going to be another match. There's going to be a second match, and this time it's not going to be Bray Wyatt. It's going to be the fiend. They showed it last night. You've seen it when the match was over. They showed like, like clips of the. Uh, the fiend coming back into your screen and coming back out. It's going to happen. Trust me, guys. We'll be right back. And we're back. So the next match after that was the Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. This match was better. I think this match was better than any match they ever had in Raw between Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. And remember, back in, I think, last year or the middle, the ending of last year, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins were feuding with each other. I believe Seth Rollins at one point was an Intercontinental Champion. Um, they were feuding with each other. And the matches were very kind of long, 10 minutes, whatever. But it was the other way around. Drew McIntyre was the heel. Seth Rollins was the fa fan favorite at that time. Um, but this time was turned around. Drew McIntyre was the fan favorite, the champion. 
I said Rollins was the heel. It was a good match. These guys took it to the limit to the point where the, the hard hitting. I mean, uh, I mean, it, 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 at one point, uh, Seth Rollins got f- flung on top of the damn table um, by 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 um, Drew McIntyre. But this match was pretty pretty good. Um, it was hard hitting. It was better than the matches they ever had in Raw, and this is the way it should be. Now, was there any negatives to this match? Not at all. After that, I thought that was the best match of the night, besides the Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. The Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt wasn't bad at all. But the Seth Rollins-Drew McIntyre was a little better. Because, you know, Seth Rollins, when he's in a big-time match, he shows his skills. He's just a big mouth, and he's a company boy, which pisses me off when he starts talking out of his ass. Instead of, you know, just be quiet, do your job in the ring, and maybe you won't have fans just, you know, you know, uh, killing you on Twitter. But anyway, he he stepped up to his game. Drew McIntyre as well stepped up to his game, showed what he's got. And I think Drew McIntyre should have had that world title a long time ago, even when he was healed. But they kept backing him out. They, see, all this stuff had to happen to actually show what Drew McIntyre looks like a world champion. Seth Rollins, again, he showed what he has. I always like to Seth Rollins as it's a wrestling skill. But as the years has passed by, his attitude, his his way of uh, portraying the fans who pay their hard-earned money to go see him, he makes them look foolish. So this was a pretty good match. I cannot, there was nothing negative about this match. Actually, I think it was way better than the Strowman match, and it was pretty good. Now we get to the money in the bank, the winners, um, the winners and, and from the men's and women's. This match at first, they started introducing the women. They were in the corporate building at the WWE in Connecticut. Of course, this was uh, this was shot already during the week. But you had all the women, and you had all the men. The women, they had Oscar, they had Shayna Baszler, they had Carmella, Dana Brooks, and I believe who was uh, that blonde chick. I forgot her name. Um, that does the right, whatever her name is. Um, but anyway, these the, Oscar started off for the women's by body pressing from the top of a, of a like it looked like there was like a balcony. She jumped off on the women's. The men's they had King Corbin, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, um, I believe, if I'm correct, Alistair Black. Um, who else was in there? Oh my God, um, Otis was in that one. Um, Mysterio. So this, the, the guys started off fighting in the gym. And at one point, um, you saw where um, I think um, King Corbin tried to throw a um, a weight toward Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan ducked and it broke a, a mirror. So it looked like a seven-year bad luck. So you don't be surprised that when you see SmackDown this Monday coming up, uh, actually Friday, he has to do something about seven years of bad luck because he broke the mirror. So these guys... The woman and the man just ran upstairs. Oscar, by the way, was already, once she did the body press, she jumped into the elevator and went up to the top. Uh, the whole concept was to go to the top of the roof of the corporate building. In there, there was a wrestling ring, and then you retreat the pre-credit. The woman's, um, um, it kept going back and forth. Lacey Evans is the girl I was talking about. They, that's the right. Um, so Nia Jax was in there. They, they made Shayna Baszler look so bad, and, this, and that's my negative on that. Baszler, ever since she came up from NXT, they have made her look like total garbage. Um, 
and I don't know why. I just I just don't know why. Um, so it was it was pretty good. Um, at one point, they got into the uh, area where Paul Heyman. Um, they had, and it's funny because they had some some um, encores where people show up. At one point, they had uh, Brother Love in the bathroom. Um, he came out. Um, you had Doit the Clown popped out. You had uh, Stephanie McMahon popped out, and then the last, but a lot of these Vicks McMahon, and that's when um, now this is way before everybody started fighting. Actually, that's after everybody started fighting on by way. Paul Heyman was sitting down eating. Um, I believe I don't remember who it was, but they smacked that crap out of Heyman with a pie in his face. Oh, it was a matter of fact, Otis he smacked him in his face with a pie. They started fighting. Um, on the um, where the food was at, it looked like catering all over again. They power bomb Nia Jax power bombs Carmella through the table. Uh, while they running, Shayna Baszler gets beat up by Nia Jax. She then um, runs over, I think, Oscar or whatever it was. Um, Dana Brooke was running, she slipped and busted her ass. I um, mean, it was just chaos. The men, the same thing. AJ Styles, at one point, uh, kick walking around. He saw the picture of the Undertaker, he was terrified, he kept walking. Went to a room where he was a casket with the blue light of the Undertaker. Alistair Black kicked him in, dropped him in there. Another point when Vince McMahon came out, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan were fighting in the hallway. Ended up going inside uh, Mr. McMahon's office. McMahon looks horrible. McMahon looks like he doesn't sleep. Okay, McMahon looks like he is so worried about all these, um, all this stuff that's going on with the stockbrokers, the 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 Saudi stuff, the uh, the. The lawsuits, he looks like he's not sleeping. This guy is not sleeping. It's crazy. Well, toward the end of the match, as you know, uh, well, the women's division, Oscar ends up winning for the women's division. Then for the men, at one point, Baron Corbin goes and throws Mysterio and Alistair Black off the roof. But you can hear them landing downstairs, probably in some pad, whatever. But that was the, the thing. It reminded me of Halloween Havoc 95. When uh, Hulk Hogan threw uh, the giant over the roof at Detroit, uh, so that's what that reminded me of. Um, AJ had the the briefcase at one point. Him and Barry Corbin were facing it, and at one point, uh, Barry Corbin and AJ are fighting on the top of the ladder. Something happened. He slips off AJ's hand and lands in Otis, and Otis ends up winning the Money in the Bank. So two things that happened that kind of took you know caught me off guard was that. Otis won the men's division, and Oscar won the women's division. So I don't know what's going to happen unless, you know, remember, Oscar could, Oscar, Otis could cash in this money in the bank anytime they want to within the year. But you know how he, you know how WWE is. It's, they'll put some match with the briefcase on the line, and next thing you know, they'll lose it. We'll be right back. And we're back. So we're going to start off with the wrestling rumors and news that's going on. As you guys know, Mr. Tom Segura, he's a comedian, had the nerve. He was in some podcasts and called wrestling fans retards and dumbasses for being wrestling fans. Of course, Mr. Segaro just opened a big door for other wrestlers to tell him if he thinks this is fake, come and try out. One of the guys with Abyss, he came out of nowhere and said that that if Tom Segura thinks this is a joke, come step into the ring and you'll find out if it's fake or not. So Mr. Tom Segura had the nerve and the audacity you know, um, to, to, to even make such a remark and have the, you know, the nerve to just even say that wrestling fans and whoever believes in wrestling are retards. Um, 
my personal opinion, Tom Segura, I never seen your comedy and I know that I don't care to because it's not something I want to watch because you know it's just I don't care. I don't care what anything you have to say and I don't care what you gotta do at all. You know what I'm saying? You just another comedian who needed probably some clout because you're probably irrelevant right now. But the wrestling world was pissed off. If you've been a wrestling fan, okay. If you've been a wrestling fan, you know what you you know for any length of time, you're no stranger to those that don't like wrestling and don't understand the appeal of wrestling, needing to bash those that do because of the predetermined nature of the show. Well, comedian Tom Segura was in Christina P recently started about professional wrestling on podcast, with Segura repeatedly using slurs targeting the mentally disabled. He went and said, I think wrestling is for effing retards, but so many people like it. It is the dumbest, the stupidest shit. I think you're a tool. If you like, if you like, hey man, it's not, it's not fake. It's effing fake, and you're effing idiot. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. You're a pathetic idiot. Um, pathetic person. He went as far as to say the Special Olympics are fun to go to, also, but it's not real. It's not real competition, and that's how the ads for wrestling should be. It should be like WWE. This is for diminished capacity. This should be their tag for the effing wrestling. Well. This fool has some nerves, you know, and for him to even say that. But Abyss pretty much says on the body, say, hey, Tom, anytime you like to feel and experience just how real wrestling is, please let me know. I truly enjoy showing you. So there you go, Abyss, you know, talking nonsense. Um, you know, not talking nonsense, talking the truth, actually. I mean, let me let me go back on that. Talk Because didn't um, Jerry Lawler... Caught one comedian one time in, 19, in the 1980s calling wrestling fake, and uh, Jerry Lawler ended up power driving him head first. And he, he had to wear a neck brace for a while. These people don't know anything about the wrestling world. They should stay out of it. Should not should mind their business. You don't know you and plus Segura, you look like a fat slob. You look like you don't work out, so you shouldn't be talking. Anyway, WWE Stephanie McMahon sells one million dollars of her stock. I don't know what's going on with WWE, but first with McMahon, who sold 15% of his stocks for a worth of $84 million. Then Triple H did the same $1 million worth of stock, and here comes um, Stephanie Mann doing the same thing. That gives me thoughts that WWE is going to get sold to somebody by the end of this month. So I don't know what's going on, but you know that, that's something to look at. If they get sold to Disney or Fox, all I can say is chick-ching. That's all I can say. Kenny Omega said he wrote his own stuff in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that is why he was number one a couple of years ago with the wrestling skills and his amazing stories. Um, he has said he's now, that everybody's asking why, where is that bout machine that was wrestling in Japan? And he explained that, you know, in Japan was different because in Japan you got self-made people already. But then you, in AEW, you got guys who are there who a lot of people don't know who they are. So he's just doing his job, you know what I'm saying? Working with them, you know, exposing them, um, making sure that they look good when they're wrestling him. So nothing wrong with that. I say that. Speaking about New Japan, Lance Archer said he, uh, you know, he, he loves the fact that that he's in AEW because AEW, when his contract was up in New Japan, AEW showed that they wanted him. They wanted him bad. Um, 
him being in New Japan would not have done anything for him because it's well known uh, when New Japan lost David Boy Smith when he left the Killer Elite squad were over and I mean and then Lance Archer what he did was he prepackaged himself he looked good he still looks good he looked like a beast he's a monster he's a seven footer the cruiserweight I call him a seven footer cruiserweight because this guy does thing in the ring that's amazing so um so him being AEW is fine. I don't care about that. I'm I'm loving it. I see him winning the TNT title um, on Double or Nothing. He will be beating Cody Rose. I said it here first. Yes. So that'll be very very interesting to see. Roman 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 Reigns say his immune system is fine. To uh, and he's stood away to away from WWE to protect his newborn twins. And, you know, it's the right thing he did. He he figured, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, he's messed up. Why he left? I mean, WWE hasn't even mentioned his name in any of the shows since he left. But he's looking out for his kids. And if McMahon is having a, a titty fit over that, he's an idiot. Because, you know, you know what? You got to protect your family. And like I said, I keep saying it. McMahon uses all his wrestlers like they cattle. And once they're done, he gets rid of them. Too. I mean... I'm surprised he hasn't gone have a shotgun and kill some of these wrestlers when he's done with them because that's what basically all he needs to do. He uses wrestlers like cattle and take them to the back and shoot them. You know, once they're done, they, you know, they, they, they fill their, their purpose. I mean, but like I said last night, McMahon looks like he's worried. He's worried of a lot of things. I won't be surprised if he sells WWE. So, um, police report alleged Vince took, um, Talk to Nancy Argentina out of uh, making Jimmy Snooker complain. And this was back in 1983 where uh, Jimmy Snooker was being charged for battery for assaulting his girlfriend, Nancy Argentino. That's the young lady that got killed That um, after 30 years. The, the, the uh, prosecutors opened up the case after 30 years and tried to try Jimmy Snooker. By then, Jimmy Snooker was in no shape or form to go on trial. He was uh, having dementia or kind of say, But again, Dark Side of the Ring exposes McMahon doing something else because even after the girl died, McMahon was trying to uh, buy the family for $25,000. And back then, 1983, that's a lot of money, $25,000, you know? So um, also, <sighs> one guy that um, I'm... I'm like I, I I'm like not surprised at all after this news that came. Alberto Del Rio was charged with sexual assault on a young lady in San Antonio as of yesterday. This guy I don't know. He is was known for beating up on Paige. Uh, he had some very domestic violence with Paige, and now he's in trouble in San Antonio. So I don't have much of what's going on with that, but I know he's in trouble with the law, and I'm gonna keep following it up. Most likely Thursday, I'll have something about that. If I don't, that means it's not that serious because, you know, this guy, he was known for smacking a writer in uh, WWE a couple of years ago when he claims that the writer said some racist. And so I think he's just an a-hole, to be honest, because, you know, back then I'd be like, okay, maybe the writer did say that, you know. But after the stuff that's been going on with him the last couple of years, it makes me believe that this guy, something wrong with him, something mental he's not all there you know and maybe he just pissed because nobody has signed him you know now that there's no wrestling he tried to do the tito ortiz and him like that wrestling with mma type and ortiz embarrassed them made him look foolish so that's crazy 
here's a story, and this will be the last story of the day, that pretty much brings me back memory, because I remember reporting this back in June, almost a year ago, in my podcast, and this was on my uh, video podcast before I started my this audio podcast, was that Jeff Cobb was disappointed and upset on his ring around a world title match with Matt Taven at Best in the World. And um, that's pretty much is something I complained about because that match was like 10 minutes long. And he said he was pissed off and upset that they weren't able to do go longer because at that time he was undefeated in Ring of Honor, even though he wasn't the Ring of Honor world title. I mean, Ring of Honor TV champion because he lost the belt, but he didn't get pinned. And Matt Taven was the world champion at that time. And Matt Taven was hot right now. He was just going hot. And now all of a sudden, the match was 10 minutes long. And I questioned it, like, what the hell happened? And I think they just, one of those matches was too long. Too, too long. And it took time away from the world title match. And by pop it off, best in the world was not was not the best in the world event because that the, the Hammerstein Borough was empty that night. And that was the problem that Ring of Honor was going through back then. But hopefully everything changes and hopefully they, you know, um, Things will be different. Also, real quick, Sue Young, who's a Impact wrestler, I believe she was the uh, the knockout champion at one point. She signed a multi uh, multi year deal with Impact, so that's good because Impact cannot afford to keep losing wrestlers. So, until then, guys, um, I will definitely see you see you on Thursday for my AEW review. Um, again, check out my YouTube channel. Uh, um, if you want, and um, check out all the videos I have there on my YouTube channel called The Chokes Night Wrestling Report. You can find the links on top of that, my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, in there, and you can check it out. Um, until then, guys, again, thank you for the support on the audio podcast. You can find me on the audio podcast through Apple, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, and all podcasts that is available. Until then, guys, hope you enjoy your day. Have a good day. Stay safe. Until then, I'll see y'all on Thursday.